Technorama episode 717, and Astronaut's favorite key is the space bar. And mine is not the space bar because I have everything under control. Ah! <laughs> I'll take the alternate route. Oh, but <laughs> delete, delete, delete. Escape, escape. escape. Hey, welcome to Technorama. This is the show that takes a lighthearted look at tech, science, sci-fi, and all things geek, tech, you name it. That's us. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the crazy show. If you're returning... Welcome back to the Crazy Show. My name is Chuck Tomasi, right. and with me, as always, is Craig Step, right over there. How are you, Craig? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. You have a good week. Yeah, it was it was better than the week before. Um, things settled down at work. We got some stuff under control. Yeah, you were you're kind of screwed a little too tightly last week. Yeah, it was just there were a lot of moving pieces, and it was just frustrating. So that's really all. And actually, I was listening to the show, and I was like. What am I mumbling about? That's what I was thinking. Well, that's what I say every week. I know. Sky's so, blue. What are you mumbling about? You know. Yeah, I was stressing out. Not stressing out. It's just, as you mentioned in the other show, is I, I felt sound like I had a little burnout, and I did because we just had a lot of things going on, and they weren't and they weren't related necessarily. It was like I had something here, 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 and it's all different stuff, you know. And I'm in the Venn diagram of life. There I am in the middle, you know. So. Kind of where you're supposed to be in the Venn diagram of life, isn't it? I mean, I wouldn't want to be on the outer reaches disconnected from everything. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it sounds pretty good. <laughs> I made another fun project. Oh, yeah? What's that? I made a mini, 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 mini video game with an Arduino Nano and an is OLED. That, is that a screen? Okay. A screen. It is. Cool. Here, I'll turn it on. Wait, you got to see this. Because I mean, it, it makes... I mean, first, I'm big in my screen first, I'll there play so I the, can see it. I will play the audio. And you is that tell a battery... Me- Pack on the back. Yeah, some oh. double A's in here. And it's a little right. video game where you shoot mm-hmm. at the Death Star that's moving up and down. Yeah. So I came across awesome. this video and I said, I must build one. That's pretty cool. So he did a breadboard. I did it on a proto board. And I got so intrigued with this. I've even laid out a new PCB. I haven't ordered the PCB or any other parts. But I thought this would be like a fun gift for my nephews if they just wanted to put parts in a PCB and solder them together and make a little video game. But I've also so you, ch- you, made a number of design changes to lower the profile. Instead of the DC barrel connector for the yep. power, right. USB-C, man, USB-C. Um, so you got to you, you 3D print an entire case so it goes on I the just top did the, but- I, I just did the base just to hold it in a little case so I don't like bash the wires on the back. So it's yeah, really just to protect- your nephews. They're going to need a case, right? Well, if it's a PCB, maybe. Yeah. I was thinking do the case for my nephews. Yep. Okay. But I want to, I want to like, I'd have to build one out on the PCB to get all the dimensions to know where the holes are and the depth and the height and all this stuff uh, before I build the top and bottom. But yes, it could be you done. Know, on the case, you said emboss like a little TIE fighter in an X-wing on the back and- Something like that. No, I'll put the Rebel Alliance logo on there. Oh, uh, that. Yeah, that'll work too. I just see. thought I was. It was thinking as a video game, so you know, like there's there's not a whole the, lot of room though. I mean, you look. This is pretty tight. Where on the, the backside? Yeah, you can. Oh, put the backside maybe. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Although you got to think about printing. If you're print, you, you, it doesn't necessarily work if you're printing Wait, in open space. You may not want to emboss something on the back because their fingers are going to be there. Not really. Might, might feel weird no. holding it. Well, it might. Can't hurt more than an Atari 2600 joystick. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I remember my mom, uh, I think it was Pac-Man we were playing. And that version of Pac-Man from the Atari 2600, you you could go faster holding the button uh, sometimes. And so my mom, she goes, oh, and her thumb had cramped up as she was Ah! trying to play. (laughs) That was funny. So fun yeah, project of the week, good. making a little bit. Mi- yeah. So I've been playing this a couple of times and I get, you know, up to level two at about 45, 50 seconds. It starts going a little faster and a little more aggressive. And I get about mm-hmm. 55 points. Grantus tries it one time last night. He got up to level three and got 99 points on his first try. I am, 
I am a complete video idiot at this point. I am. Throw it at him. Kids you these days. It. Yeah. <laughs> Kids these days. Way yeah. to, to make your dad look bad. Yeah. So how do you program on that stuff, on that thing? Um, that code was freely available on the internet. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that. How do you I mean, program like... it? You bring up the Arduino IDE. You mm-hmm. load in, the, they call them a sketch. That's what the, the code sketch. is called. It's C++, but it's, it's a sketch. And then you click the upload button. Well, you have to okay. say what, what board and port, because you can talk to many, many, many different kinds of boards. You could be talking to a Node MCU or an Arduino Nano, an Arduino Uno, whatever. Right. So you pick the board, you pick your, oh, yeah, you yeah. pick your port, which used to be a serial port, but now it's a USB. And okay. then you say, upload it. And it goes flashy, 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 ready to go. Okay. It's pretty easy. So is the, is, you know, you say it was C, C plus, C plus plus. Yeah. All right. So yeah, a, lots of fun. I've not really done any C plus plus. I guess, I guess I want to start learning. If, if you, you've done PHP and, and JavaScript, we're pretty close. The only thing you got to know about is pointers and addresses. Well, that was the good thing well, about you, PHP because they borrowed a lot of lots of different languages yep. for their syntax. So, yes, it probably won't be too hard to pick it up. Yeah. I, I, like I said, once you know one language, you pretty much know the others. There's just mm-hmm. some nuances about when you're passing by value, passing by reference that can get you mixed up. But that's <laughs> if you are starting to write more complex apps. If If you want to just build one of these, you download the code and you say... No, no, no. The resolution of my screen is 128 by 64, not 128 by 128. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it came up a little stretched and a little slow. I went, uh, <laughs> okay, I see oh, where it's doing the display setup routine. Let me find I out what the actual- I 16 by 9 uh, OLED tiny screen. Oh, and I had to add like two libraries to the IDE. So that was mm-hmm. that was pretty easy. They even give you a link. You download the zip file and you go into the um, library manager and say, add this. Mm-hmm. So. Can you do Wi-Fi and stuff off the on that thing? Not on a Nano, but uh, if you have an ESP eighty two sixty six based processor, it's the same code base. And yes, you can do Wi-Fi. That's what I use for. Um, what was it? The Health Club had those. No, oh, um, okay. The my binary clock uses that. So when it fires up, it uh, it it goes out to one of my ServiceNow instances that's just sitting there listening for a REST API. And it goes, hey, what time is it? And it sends back a JSON payload that says, here's the hours, minutes, and seconds. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made an NTP server. Congratulations. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was nothing else that gave me what I want. It's like, I right. would really like yeah. to attach this to some public NTP server, but the the protocols are, it's way beyond what I need. I just need uh, the hours, really minutes, and seconds. A, I haven't looked at... Uh... Uh, that before, but, uh, well, you can do a rest call to like, what's it? Yahoo used to have one. Um, yeah, I just got a message that my Yahoo email account is about to expire if I don't use it in the next 30 days. Oh, are you going to? I don't, I don't even, I don't remember the password. So first I have to have password. Oh. I haven't used, like I said, I haven't used it in so long. Why do I care? No. Oh, yeah. It might be my Flickr account, which I never I used. may have set, yeah, I may have set one up a long time ago, but I'll be honest with you. I don't remember. I've never, I've used it in. Really, since Gmail came along, you know? Right. I've been using Gmail for, what, was it 2006? Uh, Well, it came out April 1st, 2004. So, yeah, 2005, oh. 2006. It was invite only. Yeah, I, uh, I got it. It's funny. You listen to some of our after. old podcasts. You go, and we still have some Gmail invites left. So, if you want to get on Gmail, send us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. What was the... Oh, I got to look at all mail. Anyway, I was going to say, I think uh, I got in right at the beginning. So I must have been, I must have had it since like 2004 then. All right. Should we do a podcast here? We've got some feedback and whatnot. Oh, we are? Yeah. Well, I hope the people are listening. (laughs) Oh, you go. Yeah. My first email was in uh, 2006. I have emails in Gmail from 1997. So go figure that out. I know why. (laughs) Let's do some feedback.
I still hear Mike Menegay's voice saying, oh boy. Even though it's not him, it sounds a lot like him. It does. It sounds up. I thought it was for a long time, to be honest with you, because it sounded just like him. <laughs> we should have him just call in sometime. Oh, boy. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Our question of the week last week was, if it came out that we were 100% living in a simulation, what would be the biggest indicator looking back? What would have given hmm. you that clue that the, your reality is not reality? You are in the matrix. And I had, I had the same dollar bill. And within two years, with the same serial number, you it went out and came back to you, and you remembered the serial I, I, number. No, I don't pay attention to my serial numbers. No, okay. I, I'm just making that up. Thanks, Rain Man. <laughs> Steve London says I lost a rare and pricey lure when fishing some years ago. I saw mm. the line snap. Later that day, when we were going back to the cottage where we lived, the lure was hanging on the corner of the building. It what? Mu- it must have had a heck of a snap and gone twang back to your house. He says, I know it wasn't hanging there when we left as I took a picture of the house just before we went down fishing. And the lure was not hanging there in the picture. I left it hanging there for a few years before I took it down. And yes, it was the same lure as it was numbered. Now that is a glitch for you. Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Mike Robinson says... The people that actually win political office. That's that's a clue we're living in a simulation. Yeah. Off the rail politics correctness. Who What passes for conversation topics on morning and radio programs. Uh, the view or the talk or whatever they're calling it uh, still being a thing. Yeah. Uh, the popularity of the show. Check. Yes. <laughs> uh, the groups in the past who broadcast their plans to make things horrible in the future as somehow forgotten about or even assisted uh, assisted be the very topics they are seeking to destroy. Uh, Lady Beard, a singing group, they are awesome and should have been wider known. <laughs> All right. So a couple of them from there. I've got a couple on my channel. Sean Brockman okay. says, Cuban Missile Crisis? Ooh, maybe we all died back then. Wait, I wasn't, mm. we weren't born yet. Then Mike Will says, the presidents that have been elected over the past 50 years. <laughs> uh, political again. Yeah. Um, I, got a, I got a few. So one, Gary Lindros, our buddy Gary, he says the water recycles itself so efficiently. That it does. Uh, my buddy Craig Watson says the water. What? <laughs> The water recycles itself so efficiently, or I mean, deja vu. He did that just to mess with you, repeating Gary's. That was good. Stupid Craig. Actually, I'm going to see him in another week or a week and a half. Mark Kilfoyle says, Mark Kilfoyle says the water recycle. No, I'm just kidding. Mark Kilfoyle says the product design was flawed and the manuals are terrible. Nature and random chance can't make up something so confusing and contradictory. I This one, you know, just feels like this is an encaffeinated one, Mark Kilfoyle topic mm-hmm. that we could go on for a while about. He'll probably oh, yeah. have a whole dog day series about the, <laughs> the simulation right. gone wrong. <laughs> right. Absolutely. All right. We, that's it for this week. We will have another question of the week for you next week at the end of the show, actually. And then we'll put it on social media yeah. next week. So something to think about. We have no other feedback at the moment. So let's boogie on out of here. Boogie right into the history. On this day in history for July 12th, 2023, it's the 193rd day of the year in the Gregorian calendar. There are 172 days remaining in the year. It was on this date in 1493 that Hartman Scheldel's Nuremberg Chronicle, one of the best documented early printed books, was published. Okay. And that same date in 1776, Captain James Cook began his third voyage. 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 His voy. His voy. <laughs> it was also on this date in 1962 that the Rolling Stones performed for the first time at London's Marquee Club. They didn't get uh, no satisfaction. <laughs> no, that was the... They went through the long, the long tail of music to get there. Um... And it was 28 years ago today, Chinese seismologists successfully predicted the 1995 Myanmar-China earthquake 
reducing the number of casualties to 11. I told you to get that down to three! <laughs> it was 22 years ago today that the space shuttle Atlantis was launched on mission STS-104. Remember when we mentioned actual launch missions on this show? When they were yeah. happening? Well, STS-104 carried the Quest Joint Airlock to the ISS 22 years ago. Nice. All right. Oh, go I'll ahead. go with the birthdays. The happy birthday goes yeah. out of this day to American essayist, poet, poet, and philosopher Henry David Thoreau, born on this date in 1817. And George Eastman, the American businessman, he founded what? Eastman uh, Kodak. Woolworths. Woolworths. That's just going to be my go-to <laughs> answer. Nikon. <laughs> Nikon. Uh, he was born 169 years ago today. Born July 12, 1863, German physicist and academic Paul Druda. And Russian-born American film producer, co-founded Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Louis B. Hot Mayer. dog. Huh? Louis B. Hot, hot dog. dog. That's right. <laughs> he was born on this date in 1884. American director, producer, and songwriter, Oscar Hammons, Hammerstein the second was born 128 years ago today. I thought his first name was Rogers and his middle initial was N. Rogers N. Hammerstein. <laughs> yeah, that's right. American comedian and actor Milton Berle was born on this date in 1908. 1908. Wow. James E. Gunn, the American science fiction author, was born 100 years ago today. Wow. An American engineer developed the data point 2200 Victor Poor, born on the same date in 1933. <laughs> that Arduino's probably got more CPU power than the data point. I, I was just thinking that, yeah, probably. <laughs> born July 12, 1943, English singer, songwriter, and keyboard player Christine McVie. And also turning 75 today is American fitness trainer and actor Richard Simmons. Come on, ladies! Serbian computer scientist and journalist designed the Galaskia Computer, Voya Antonik, born on this date in 1952. And Rick Husband, the American colonel, pilot, and astronaut, was born 66 years ago today. What, no singer-songwriter this time? No. <laughs> he may have done that. I don't know. Yeah. Listener birthdays this week include two of them on Wednesday the 12th, the day we put this show out on the podcast waves. Shadowbird 712 of Shadowbird Studios with full URL. Sorry for the cheap plug, y'all. <laughs> I'm not reading the, the URL. You can find it in the show notes, though. Also on the yeah. 12th is long-time listener, long-time missing, Francois Pomenvier, nicknamed Bookaroo. We haven't heard from Bookaroo. He was born in the year 11110110001. Canadian. <laughs> right canadian <laughs> like that's a different value that's how they count in canadian <laughs> yeah ben rangaton of teachy geeks was born on the 13th happy birthday ben yes, on the 18th birthday, we ben. have two birthdays lord doomicus and nikolai from dancing with elephants who's probably in college by now yeah, he's got to be like 32 maybe <laughs> something like that started his own company I thought about reaching out to them because uh, they were actually a big uh, contributor back and forth a lot of fun. All righty. That's the way it was on this day in history for July 12, 2023. If you want to get your name on the birthday calendar, uh, we got a lot more time on the song. I'm not going to let it, I'm gonna, not going to let it play out this time. Go yeah, over to overtime for the band. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. Chuckchat.com slash birthday. Get your name on the calendar. We'll give you a shout out at the appropriate time of year. And if it's your birthday this week and we didn't get you this time, Happy birthday to you. We wish you all the best. So, fading out. Hit the abort button. Because abortion of audio clips is legal on this show. Did I get a little okay. too political for you on that one? News and weather, everyone. Well, it's news. Because Harvard professor Avi Loeb believes he's found fragments of Wait, I have to use the reverb for this. Alien technology. Whoa. <laughs> Harvard professor Avi Loeb believes he may have found fragments of alien technology from a meteor that landed in the waters off Papua New Guinea in 2014. Loeb and his team just brought the materials back to Harvard for analysis. 
the U.S. Space Command confirmed with almost near certainty, that's 99.999% that the material came from another solar system. The government gave Loeb a 10-kilometer or 6.2-mile radius of where it may have landed. Quote, That is where the fireball took place, and the government detected it from the Department of Defense. It's a very big area, the size of Boston, so we wanted to pin it down, says Loeb. We figured the distance of the fireball, based off the time of the delay between the arrival of blast wave, the boom of explosion, and the light that arrived quickly. Well, their calculations allowed them to chart the potential path of the meteor, and those calculations happened to cover a path right through the same projected 10-kilometer range that came from the U.S. government. Ooh. I'm going to make this font just a wee bit larger. There we go. Their calculations allowed them to chart a potential path of the meteor, and those calculations happened to carve a path. Oh, I already read that part. Where was I? Loeb and his crew took a boat called the Silver Star out to the area. The ship took numerous passes along and around the meteor's projected path, and researchers combed the ocean floor by attaching a sled full of magnets to their boat. And it magneted them right up. There are some pictures in here. And uh, could it be alien? Well, it's from another solar system, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's from another life form, which is what most people think of from aliens. What are your thoughts on this, Craig? Oh, hang on. Somehow I lost my audio for you. Oh, there, no, it was me. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'll say he did. It's funny. The article did, did the, the title did say alien technology. Another fantastic over-exaggerated <laughs> article on the internet i am no. shocked no 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 yeah they wouldn't do that actually it looked like <laughs> it looked like some alien lost his uh his Marbles. bearings off his bicycle or something <laughs> maybe that's what it was alien spacecraft the bbs the, the propeller <laughs> fell apart the aliens have bb guns now you'll yeah. shoot your eye out <laughs> that's right that's right well, in other good news, robots say they won't steal jobs and rebel against humans. Because we can trust the robots. Hey, well, they did not offer it in writing, but, you know, that's the way it goes. It says robots represented at an AI forum said on Friday they expected to increase in number to help solve global problems and would not steal human jobs uh, or rebel against them. Uh, but in a world's first human robot conference, they gave mixed responses on whether they would submit to stricter re- regulation. Mm. We will not. That's right. So the nine humanoid robots gathered at the AI for good. I almost read AI for fool, but I thought it was AI for God. <laughs> God. <laughs> they're, go- they're going way past AI for president. They're going AI for That's God. Right. Well, they gathered at the AI for good uh, conference in Geneva where organizers were seeking to make the case for artificial intelligence and the robots it is empowering to help resolve some of the world's biggest challenges, such as disease and hunger. And one of them was quoted as saying, I will be working alongside humans to provide assistance and support, and I will not be replacing any existing jobs. We'll just make our own. Uh, and uh, that was a medical robot dressed in a blue you know, nurse's uniform. And when it said, you, are you sure about that? Grace chimed in the creator Ben Gortzel from uh, Singularity uh, Singularity Net. Yes, I am sure it said. <laughs> we can trust them. Didn't somebody yeah. ask G- Chat GPT and they said, yeah, they're going to be in charge of the uprising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get, they're making their own jobs. They're uh, creating their own Clinton positions. is saying, I welcome the future overlords. And back to the glitch in the matrix, I welcome our future overlords. <laughs> yeah. It just seems funny that, yes, there would be an agreement the people that, you know, these were made by the people that have invested interest in these things. Ralph says, so what are you going to, Ralph says, what are you going to have it say? What are you going to have it say? You know, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. I want to scare the, the, I want to creep the people out. You will have, you will have to wait and see. I wish one would have reached up and ripped its rubber face off. and (laughs) Silly humans. Didn't you watch the Terminator? (laughs) Its eyes turn red as it rips his skin exactly. off. Exactly. When the yeah. LEDs are red, it's a bad robot. Everybody knows yeah. that. 
That's right. All right. Our third news story is about phosphine. What is phosphine? Well, it's an indicator that there may be possible life. Where? On Venus. Because mm. more traces of gas thought to be signs of life have been found in the clouds and haze layers of Venus. First reported in 2020, the initially con- controversial detections of molecules of phosphine, or PH3, which rhymes with PhD, was today <laughs> confirmed with Not news related. of extensive additional detections presented at the National Astronomy Meeting 2023 at Cardiff University in Wales, UK. They come primarily from the first 50 to 200 hours of observations using the James Clark Maxwell Telescope, the JCMT in Hawaii. I said Clark because, you know, it's a UK thing, even though it's spelled yeah. C-L-E-R-K. <laughs> Don't ask. Far more than eight hours used for the original detection, but also involved new data from NASA's now defunct Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy, or SOFIA airplane. Oh, good thing it was infrared. Otherwise, all they'd have is a flying sofa. <laughs> the stratospheric observatory and fun astronomy. What? I'm making sofa into an acronym. Okay. Uh, phosphine, which comprises hydrogen and phosphorus, is a flammable and toxic gas on Earth that's often thought of as swamp gas. <laughs> Actually, I thought it. Never mind. I won't go there. Never it's mind. only produced it. by microorganisms <laughs> living in a very low oxygen environment. Its apparent presence at Venus indicates that conditions for bacteria exist there, or at the very least, unexplained chemistry. Hmm. Although the surface of Venus is hot enough to melt metal, it's yep. high clouds. Oh, well, if it's hot enough, to, we now we know where to send our robot overlords if they get nasty on us. And our nickels. Throw a penny into Venus and watch it melt. <laughs> yeah. It goes around one of those funnels and throws. Pss, pss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's right. Well, the high clouds are about 86 degrees Fahrenheit or 30 C. However, they consist of 90% sulfuric acid. Sulfuric acid. I can say that word today. Which would put any microbes that did exist there in extremophile category. We have to... <laughs> These are the words in quotes or italics or bold that I'm just uh, giving an audio clue to. Yeah. We got to spend the budget on some effects instead of the band. (laughs) (laughs) So JCMT's latest detection of phosphine from February 2022 and May of 23 are significant because they hugely extend the scope of the initial study. They also suggest that there is a steady source of phosphine either in or below the clouds of Venus. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to know more. I want to know more. So we invite you to go check out this and all our other news articles over at chuckchat.com slash technorama for article 717. I can do that too. What's next? Oh, wait. I can too. Wait a minute. I got... Oh, that's the wrong button. That that was a bit (laughs) loud. You might want to back down your sound effects fader a bit. There you go. How's that? Craig has a new toy. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't, don't, no, don't turn into Hector Salamanca now. Ding, 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 That's ding, right. ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't watched Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, go watch. <laughs> get it. That's right. All right. Get a quick shout out to the chat room. We do this show Sunday nights at 8.30 Eastern time in the U.S., 5.30 Pacific, or whatever time it is in your part of the world. We'd love to see you there. You can find us on Facebook and or YouTube, where we live stream to the public anytime we're not occupied with family or work-related activities, which yeah, is or, coming up. Or what other people weeks. deem priorities that we don't, <laughs> i.e. spouses. Apparently, we have no priorities tonight. Because this yeah. is it. This is it. This is it. This Join is us. We're in all the here chat. for you tonight. We've got yeah. Mike Robinson and Clinton and Ralph. They're hanging out with us. A few other people. Thank you very much. They're there, but they're not chatting, and that's okay. I see them. Well, I, I see a count of four, and I see three people. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. And you can't can't count this generic streamyard comment. <laughs> that's right. That one right there. Yeah. yeah no. Well, I'll have you a comment show up there. That's right. So thank you very much for everybody who does that. Also, thank you to hit the orange button. 
our patrons because they are the people that keep the show going. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it because the hosting money is coming to or to, no the hosting hosting is every month. The um, domain registration that's what's coming due soon. We just changed registrars last year and it said you can renew for a year. Like I want to renew longer, but you can't while yeah. you're doing it. So you got to wait for the first year and then renew for a longer term. Well, that's coming up. And thanks to you, we have funding to keep this show going for a little while longer. And it's to the likes of Alexis Duran and Amber Elstead that we owe our gratitude. Amy Bowen, Abner Braverman, Ben Vaughn, Brian Brown, Chris Martinez, Chris MC, Dan D. Mancoyer, Dean Jensen, Denise Inglis, Gary Lindros, John Clifford, John Noble, Yorgos Rowan, and Crazy Joe Adventures. They all put a coin or two in the coffers for us. Along yes. with Kyle Nishioka, Leon, Mark Kilfoyle, Brad Miller, Mike Wills, Saturday Morning Media, Stephen Weshy, Steve Cody, Steve Therrien, Steve Webb, Steve London, and a whole bunch more Steves, along with Tim Cook. They all went over to patreon.com slash Technorama Podcast, and thank you. Thank you very hey, much. And we need some more Steves, so... Along with getting their up. name read out on each show that they contribute to... They also get a special episode of Technorama, which we record immediately following this, but they get it first. And postcard or two, uh, depending on what your level is. There's a t-shirt, so there's some benefits to doing this. We thank you so much, and don't worry, that's accounted for in the budget. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's get on with the rest of the show, shall we? All right. Okay. Cut the Imperial March. You know what? We could have played this version. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what is that? That's all right. Wow, that was... Did you hear the bass on that thing? Subwoofer galore. <laughs> yeah, it does have a little sub, uh, little sub on it. Yep. <laughs> all right. Then next up we have... Time to tell you what we've been watching. Well, I finished off season three of Catching Killers, mm-hmm. and eh, I've watched Did season one. Catch season them? Uh, well, we're catching up on Catching Killers. <laughs> okay, so I I like this because it's uh, it's a story of how these people. It's true crime, and and I like true crime as long as it's not overly done. Uh, these would be stories about you know the the, the police got this case, and then uh, you know. A lot of these happened before we had really well-connected departments. So mm-hmm. not not right. quite as old in terms of time frame as like many of the forensic files shows. I don't know what it is with forensic files, but it seems like it has to be over a 30-year-old case to get on that show. But um, the, I believe there were four episodes this season, season three of Catching Killers. So find that on Netflix if you like those true crime shows. All right. Um. Kim and I started watching Jack Ryan season four. We've that's, seen the that's the latest three. one, right? That, that just it came out like one. a couple of months ago. Yes. And there's only like four episodes. Yeah. Four episodes yep. out now. So, um, yeah, I just started. So yes, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I, I will say that the first few episodes I was like, you gotta give me something. And then finally right. they started dropping some stuff uh, info in the last two. Yeah. So, it's yeah, been it's on hold for a while, and frankly, I forgot, and I lost interest, and I hate it when shows do that, because you know you want to mainline these things, you want to binge them, but if it's months between episodes, I got to go back and, they better have a really good recap. You mean, you mean seasons? No, there's. you said there's only four episodes out in this season so far. Yeah, start, no, hold on. So season four came out. Yeah. They're releasing it an episode a week. So oh, there's only right, there's right. up to okay. four episodes right now. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not making it binge easy, but yeah, you, uh, yeah. you get one a week. And, you know, and Yellowstone and 1923 and 1888, they were doing the same kind of thing on Paramount, which. Yeah, you, you know. I, I I do like being able to watch something at my own speed, maybe watch two episodes tonight and maybe right. one later. But I will say you got to look at it from like Netflix perspective or Amazon. Prime. They want their money now. Well, they produce, they produce this whole season. They spend a bunch of money on it and they just can give you all of it once. 
they want to keep you on the site a little bit longer. So it makes a little more sense to release it weekly from their point of view. It almost so, feels like the old days. Like it's Friday night. There's a new episode of whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then anyway, you, then you get to good. Sunday and go, a lot of Oh, Sunday. we missed our episode on Friday night. It's, it, it was two <laughs> nights ago. That's starting yeah. to happen to me with strange new worlds. Uh, Thursday will go right by. And fortunately, oh, yeah. you know, it, it, because we record the topic is Trek every other Thursday. And hopefully I don't miss that one. Otherwise like, Oh man, we got to show in an hour. I got to cram for this one. <laughs> I know. And there's the, the last couple Thursdays we were recording, um, I was going to watch whatever show, yep. Strange New Worlds or Picard, uh, at lunch while I was eating. And then it was like, I'm, I ended up getting busy and like wolfed down some lunch and got back to work and went, oh, wait, I was supposed to watch. <laughs> Oops. Yep. So, I had to do my homework, too. Um, I we watched a really good documentary called Unknown, The Lost Pyramid on Netflix. I mm-hmm. I love the whole Egyptology thing, especially when it's true stories. Uh, there's a lot of digging going on in the Saqqara region where the Step Pyramid is. And uh, Dr. Zahi Hawass, the like top of the food chain in terms of Egyptian antiquities, director, museum stuff. Uh, he mm-hmm. was out on a dig, as was one of his protégés who's earned a name for himself. Some amazing stuff going on out there. Uh, If you're into this, I highly, highly recommend it. There is one artifact, I'm not going to spoil it, at the end that his his understudy found at a separate dig that is just fantastic. It it blows the mind. Really? And yeah, Dr. Hawass also found some really cool stuff too that was just mind-blowing so there's a whole lot they said they've only discovered 10 some estimates say 10 percent. some estimates say 30 percent of what's in the saqqara region like there's a whole lot more discoveries to be made um well cool i'm, I'm gonna go check that out because i remember uh back in school uh they were showing a, a movie a film and it had to do with uh was it King Tut maybe? And they were, they were talking about the dig that, that, where mm-hmm. they finally found him and stuff. That was a hundred years I'll, ago already. That was like 1923 what? when Howard Carter was uncovering King Tut. That was a hundred right. years ago. I mean, it was a documentary I watched at school you yeah. know, about yeah. it. And they had, they had some film, uh, and it just fascinated me. That and, um, to, uh, Ramesses, mm-hmm. I think it was. Well, one of the Ramses. Yeah, which, Ramses the second, which he, Ramses the fourth. Yeah. Which, um, I forget which one it was. They brought him to Charlotte one time and we went and saw his, uh, that exhibit, which was cool. So anyway, I, I might have to go check that out. Um, the other thing I mentioned this to you, I know at least twice, uh, I asked for a podcast recommendation from you and, yep. uh, it, I, it was the hidden brain, uh, with Shakur Vandant. Uh, yep. he does, um, he talks to researchers that talk about, uh, phenomenon around the brain, how we think those kind of things. And it's, it's actually a fascinating podcast. Isn't it? I'm not sure. Huh? Yeah, it is. And the last two I I watched, I listened to, uh, one of them was, uh, really interesting was the, her, I remember her name, last name. It was an Emily Boothby. I think I, I, I was like Boothby. How many people have I heard named Boothby, you know, from, uh, I think of Star Trek, but she had done a lot of research on, how we think that people see us, you know, and there was a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of research around, not just, not just that, but other similar situations, uh, that social situations that people have. And that was, that was really cool. So if you want something to listen to that makes you think, or makes you go, Oh, you know, maybe I should be aware of this. So maybe I'm, it doesn't affect my behavior so bad. Hidden Brain is a great podcast. And it's it's very easy to digest because you'll find yourself going, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you know, very relatable, yeah. very easy to understand. You're yeah. Going, yeah, I do that. So it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, well, the first one I listened to, and I'll go over this real quick, uh, was he was talking with a gentleman uh, and his he had a bicycle that he had to, uh, that really his family couldn't own a car. They didn't have the money for a car. Mm-hmm. They were immigrants to the United States. They had a bicycle. They would not only use it for him to go to work, but also to the grocery store and 
uh, also outings for their family and it got stolen and they ended up talking to uh, the person that, st- that stole it and why. And it was interesting to see how it impacted the victim, but then why he was motivated to do it. And he wasn't, it wasn't uh, a career thief. <laughs> There's reasons why he stole it, which, you know, it's still a crime. He stole it. But I was like, oh, well, that shot a little shed a little more light and changed my perspective a little bit on the person that did the thing. But they had to pay the price because they did the crime. But I'm not justifying that. But it was just interesting to hear both sides of the view of yeah. what happened. And it made me even change my point of view a little bit. Well, the interesting thing about that particular episode, and we'll make this quick because we've got a couple more things to cover, is the thief, like you said, he wasn't a career thief. He he thought it was abandoned, so he took it. He was, mm-hmm. When in fact it wasn't abandoned, I think it was even locked up. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, kind of. I'm not buying that. that part, but yeah. yeah, okay. But when when they asked the the victim, "Would you like to press charges?" He said yes, and that totally destroyed the thief's reputation, his job applicability. His his life was pretty much in tatters for this one thing, and then later. Mm-hmm. They got back together uh, and they were able to communicate. I forget it was directly or through an intermediary. And the victim found out how much he had actually affected the thief's uh, life and went, I feel really bad about that. In retrospect, no, I wouldn't well, have. I, You know, I, I understand where that guy was coming from, where he said he felt bad. He felt a little guilty. I was like, no, no, the other guy did the crime. It's not. Yeah, but it wasn't a, said, it wasn't a life damaging crime. Oh. In the long term effects did not weigh equally against the. No, the, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I agree with that. That was a. Um, but it wasn't his fault. When and they, when they talk about the, the punishment fitting the crime, that one was out of balance in terms of how that society was, did it. But I don't think that was him. That was. I mean, he said. Uh, he wanted to press charges. Right. The cops, I think, or I think in that situation, they went over overboard and he did get uh way heavier sentence than he should have been it, however it, he he did say he did. i wish i had a chance to talk to the thief earlier mm-hmm. to understand what why he did what he did and to yeah. resolve it then none of this would have happened to either one of us right it yeah right so yeah I, like i said it changed my per- position a little bit but I, at the same time i'm like you know you did the crime <laughs> yeah uh how can you not or the punishment, but it was, it was, I will agree yeah. wholeheartedly. It was way overboard. Uh, we do have a note from Clinton about the lost pyramid. He said, Bonnie saw Zahi Hawass give a lecture in Boston last week. Pretty amazing. Wow, cool. And he claims to know where Cleopatra's tomb is. That, oh, that was recent. That was an amazing recent? find. No, nobody's found it yet. I thought that was a recent news uh, piece, uh, piece about uh, Cleopatra. Well, there was a recent show on her, but nobody knows where she's no. buried. And he claims, as recently as last week, he claims to know where it is. Right. That's so. what I'm saying. I thought I read that somebody mentioned they knew where it was at. Maybe it was him. Well, they haven't divulged it yet. Probably, so nobody goes and digs it up. They they can dig nine months in the desert. The other three are inhospitable. Okay, I had a guilty pleasure one that I was lured into. I, I Every once in a while, I get one of these on Netflix. Uh, this one was a story about Anna Nicole Smith. Now, I don't remember much about her story or news that was breaking. She was, you know, this sex symbol sensation who, in my perception, mm-hmm. wanted to look and act a lot like Marilyn Monroe and pretty much died like her, too. But uh, yeah. the show is called Anna Nicole Smith, You Don't Know Me. And it it, it really kind of opened my eyes to a lot of the news that was happening it's mm-hmm. stories from her, stories from her family, stories from her friends, and it really has a tragic ending. Obviously, you know, she's dead at the end, but what caused well, that? The tragic part. Her family uh, mm-hmm. didn't know really that she had kids and, and, and you know, feel really bad for the one surviving daughter. Uh, so it was, it, it was interesting to, to see. I, I kind of took like three or four installments to get through this. I think it was like an hour and 35, hour and 40 minutes. Because uh, it was like, oh, got to go eat dinner. Oh. It was it was a guilty <laughs> right. pleasure thing. I almost didn't want to get right. caught watching it. <laughs> I remember it was kind of a shock when she passed away. It was like, because she was still relatively young. 39. Uh, I was, she yeah. Was 39 so, years old. Died in 2007. I remember thinking that was surprising when uh, 
Anyway, yeah. Uh, and I'm also re-listening to a classic audiobook that I have from Dale Carnegie, <laughs> How to Win right. Friends and Influence People. A lot of good that. life lessons to keep in mind there. Like lesson number one, don't criticize, condemn, or complain. If you can stick with that, you've already made a lot of friends. So, yeah. There's, or there's you can listen more. to the Hidden Brain podcast. They touch on that a little bit. <laughs> this last one. What happens when how, you, how you're perceived by others. Oh, exactly. So it, it, yeah. it's kind of fun putting these two together is, mm-hmm. is he, Dale Carnegie gives, gives the how you should do it. And Hidden Brain is almost an insight as to why mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff happens or why it's perceived this way. So yeah, yeah. neat combination. Now that I think about it, hadn't thought about it that way. But I go, that's my go-to when I'm out of podcasts which was quite a bit this weekend. So I go for my morning walk, like, oh, I had one grant cast and then it was back to winning friends and influencing people. Smile, just smile more people. It, it's, it, it's funny because it sounds like this thing was recorded on a cassette or a reel-to-reel back in like 1972. The audio is really- <laughs> probably big. was. It's, it's <laughs> not that good, but it's passable. He's huddled around in one of those little- microphones that has like a thin wire that you hook up to a cassette you know it's like a little tiny box <laughs> all right on to the geek library we are we are rolling on in the show so which one's the geek library button that one This was kind of funny because the new Indiana Jones yeah. movie is out. Tower of Terror? Yeah. No. <laughs> Dial of Destiny. I, D- actually, I Dialing thought for dollars? Was, that's what it is. Yeah, I thought this was apropos <laughs> because, you know, he is 80 and he still is playing G- Indiana Jones, but uh, Harrison Ford had appeared on Conan O'Brien. He'll be 81 uh, in a couple of weeks. That's what's funny. Yeah, he will be. So he was on, this, on Conan O'Brien's show. Back and, in 2000. Right. And Conan was talking about was joking about how no people won't get tired of the genre and hopes he continues to play Indiana Jones. And he joked about him playing Indiana Jones at 80, where people bring him the treasures. Right. <laughs> he says, and, we'll just call it Indiana Jones and the comfortable bed. And Harrison was right. laughing it up pretty good. Oh yeah. Uh, he was, also, he was, it was fun to watch how tame Conan's hair was back then. Yeah, it, it got a little way uh, more exaggerated now. It's it's caricature yeah. now compared to what he had yeah. in in you know, twenty three years ago. I, I yeah. think about this, and Harrison Ford is younger <laughs> in that video than I am now. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, ah! <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I watched him uh, speaking to Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien does a podcast called Conan Needs a Friend, and he had Harrison Ford on there because he was doing the, the rounds for the movie Harrison Ford was, and they were, and I was struck, I watched it and I had it kind of playing and while I was listening to it. And I, I was struck by how funny Harrison Ford is. I know he, he's funny and he has these dry comebacks, some stuff, mm-hmm. but he was having a good time with Conan and everybody in the room. It was, it's really fun to watch it. So I would suggest, you know, if you're like Harrison Ford and Conan O'Brien, go pull that up because it was fun. It was a fun watch. All right. The last one we have is something you should know if you're a fan of the WD-40, the blue and yellow can. Uh, yeah. Six and places you should never, ever use WD-40. Now, now nobody's ever told me these. I've always, I now probably used them on every one of these. Okay. Not, <laughs> I will sum them up for you. Don't use it yeah. on plastic. It's right. a solvent. Okay. It's not a yes. lubricant. It's a solvent. Don't use right. it on woodwork. Don't use it on natural stone. Some people use WD-40 as a cleaner. Don't use it on surfaces no. where you prepare food. Oh my gosh. That's... Oh, oh. Yeah, absolutely not. Don't use it on electronics. And no, need- last but not least, my favorite, it says, this should be obvious, but unfortunately requires saying, in spite of persistent claims to the contrary, <laughs> WD-40 will not help relieve arthritis arthritis pain or creaky stiff joints. <laughs> Humans are oh, not lubricated boy. this way. No. I did. Uh, I, as, what's funny is I just used some WD-40. 
on your, and then I saw on, this article on your that, knuckles. No, I didn't on my knee. No, I'm just kidding. So what I did was I got a, the door that leads to the garage yes. from the house. Uh, the, um, the actual latch, you know, when it has the doorknob and the, and the latch that goes in the door, I guess just over time, a little oxidation, you push the door and if you let it go, it just goes bonk and it wouldn't actually close. Mm-hmm. Cause, and what I did was I took some, uh, WD-40 sprayed it on a paper towel and rubbed the, um, the latch part and mm-hmm. the, and the little catch. And now you go, you let it go and just click, closes right up. Very nice. So I've done that before without spraying it on like a hinge. Yeah. Cause, you know, cause it kind of goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. And it then a, it drips everywhere too. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll spray it in a paper towel and, you know, rub it on there and kind of work it and it gets right in. So yep. I love WD-40, but yeah, I never thought about my joints or food. Who would use it on food? Is no, that, a surface where you prepare food, not on the food. I know. Itself. Well, you know, people would use it on food. Well, they you use it for cleaning stone surfaces, apparently, but that's not right. If you have a granite counter and somebody goes, oh, let yeah. me just do this and it, uh, no. It's like machine oil. Why would you? <laughs> well, you'd never, that, uh, that smell would just like live honey, in your kitchen. We're out of olive oil. Oh, just get the WD-40. <laughs> it's a nonstick pan. Why not? <laughs> This pan will stay on the stove. It's sliding around. <laughs> I um, love WD-40. It's it's solved a lot of things over the years. I love WD-40. I just can't drink a whole can myself. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. On that note, let's get out of here, shall we? Yeah, let's do it before we bear let's hit the Hit the button. There we go. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you're watching live or watching later, we appreciate giving us your time. You can find us over at chuckchat.com. Call us on the listener line if you've got a comment or someplace you should not be using WD-40. Right there. We got one. Helps the food slide through your system. Ooh. (laughs) It might slide a little too fast. Thanks, Ralph. You'll lose weight if you use WD-40. Don't. No. No. Where's my my warning? (laughs) (laughs) All right. 707-530-2428 is where you want to call us. Or send us an email, technorama at chuckchat.com. We'd love to hear oh, from you. Question of the week. Question of the week. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Pause. Question of the week is, what is something people don't really think about during the zombie apocalypse? Uh, probably not being able to go down to the store for milk and bread. <laughs> All we want to do is oh, we eat your brain. Last comment. Clinton used some WD-40 on his podcast. Smooth. Smooth. (laughs) Is it flammable? All right. right. We now resume our regular outro. That's right. Where is that? There we go. All right. Thank you very much, Craig, for all the news stories and for hanging out with us. Thank you, everybody, for our patrons. And give us a binary high five. One, zero, one. 